further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, I'm excited because I just haven't seen you for a few weeks. I know and we're like back in person now. Yes. Not just over Zoom like our last one. Although the sound quality I thought was like quite nice. Was it? It was. I'm a little behind on listening to us. Sometimes I feel like I can't listen because I'm scared I'll regret everything I said. (laughs) (laughs) And I have no choice but to listen. Which is so hilarious because then I bump into people who know stuff about me and I'm thinking, how do you know that? Because I completely forget. We're sitting here in this room together just having such a good time catching up. But the world is listening in or whoever wants to, you know, our faithful diehard people, people that we love. Hey, Amanda, thanks for the encouragement this morning. (laughs) And so, yes, we've just been busy catching up and now we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. But we started a really engaging conversation a while ago. Yes. Based on a meme that you saw, and we both went, aha. So yes, take it, it away. Was, uh, I came across something by a uh, pastor and author, uh, Brian Zond. Sure. Zand? Sure, Zand. Z A H N D, however you would pronounce that. Zond. Zond. And I read it and I was like, oh, you know, referencing Jesus flipping tables. And I was like, can't wait to see this because I've seen a lot so of people talk about it. Much table flipping. And then it was not the same. This is what he said. (laughs) Somewhere along the way, flipping tables became an aspirational statement. This gives me pause. Yes, Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers, but not his disciples. I'm not sure I trust myself to flip tables. I dare not presume my table is unflippable. I'm quite sure I would relish flipping tables. And therein lies my problem. I do know I'm to imitate Christ by taking out my cross. Ouch. Right? I read that and I was like, oh, yeah. Right? Like, there's been, it seems that I've, uh, that flipping tables has become an aspirational statement that it's like, yeah, what do we need to flip tables? Jesus would have flipped tables. We need to flip tables. Ugh. Yeah. I really started hearing it after the whole George Floyd thing. Like, yeah. this is the time for the church to start flipping tables. And I felt the passion of, we have to speak up, but something inside me felt really sick at the same time. Yeah. And, and so when I read this, I'm like, oh, that's why. Right. And it was, it was as soon as it was like, I, I'm not sure I trust myself to flip tables. And then the part that really got me is I'm quite sure I would relish flipping tables. And I was like, oh, crud. Right. Yes. Cause it's, for me, it's like the places that I'm passionate and hardcore about. Oh yeah. To like aggressive, like I am right. Let's get into this. Right. It's not coming from maybe a heart of Jesus place. Oh no, it is though, Amy, because you see injustice. And you, it's always being brought up where there's yeah. injustice at play and why isn't the church speaking up? Yeah. And so the church, quote, which just don't even get me started. I'm sure we've touched on this before. Yeah. There's no such thing as the church. Yeah. There is Christ's church and there are many expressions and there's no sentence I've ever heard that says the church and fills in the blank and applies to every single believer I know. Yeah, so exactly. I just, yeah. rabbit trail rant, you're welcome. <laughs> but yes, the church needs to be speaking up for injustice. Yes. 100%. But this whole permission, you know, Mm. so now we're going to celebrate people looting buildings. Yeah. Because it's time to flip tables. I know. Yeah. Just no. Just no. And I, you and I talked about this like three weeks ago. And so I've been mulling on it a lot. (laughs) So now you're going to flip some tables. I'm going to flip some tables on the table flippers. Woo. 
I have permission. It's my podcast. I can say what I want. No, don't feel that way at all. Just thinking through what instructions did Jesus give the disciples that would grant permission for the disciples to think, now I'm supposed to go flip tables? Um, Please don't edit out that sigh. (laughs) I'm like... I can't, maybe the closest thing is like, if the town doesn't like you, shake the sandals and be like, okay, I'm going somewhere else. Which is walking away, not giving them the finger as they shake the dust off. It's true. Yeah, there's not really any instructions that says, hey, do this like I'm doing this. So that means it's okay to just tolerate injustice then? No. So how were the disciples instructed? We're doing catechism here, folks. <laughs> Amy, you're scoring brilliantly. I gotta, I gotta get the right answers. <laughs> but like, let's let's just think it through. These are questions I've been asking yeah. myself, so I'm curious what your answers are. Okay. What then did Jesus tell the disciples to do where there was injustice? I mean, I don't know. Right? There's a theme throughout the whole scriptures of like defending the widows and orphans, which is an injustice when right? they're not cared for. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, there's clearly directive to do something. He's really big on how we treat the poor. Yeah. He's really big on feeding the hungry. Yeah. Which are injustices, right? Yeah. I'm overweight and my pantry's full, mm-hmm. and I'm just ignoring somebody's hungry. That's an injustice. Yeah. I didn't mean that to be a dig at anybody. I was really talking about myself. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I, all of this stuff is like, right. You think it's like, go be a servant. Yeah. Right? And wash the- feet, do this. Like if you want to be a leader in, in my kingdom, uh, wash some gross feet. Phenomenally disruptive to yeah. the status quo. Yeah. But not violent, aggressive. Right. Yeah. Power. When you think of the Great Commission, whether it's the wording in Matthew or Mark, it's like, go tell everyone this good news. Yeah. And Mark is like, heal the sick, cast out demons. Yeah. Those are injustices. Yeah. When those things are out of whack, that's not God's created order that needs to be restored to creative order. Mm -hmm. But it's so much the path we have laying down our lives, not standing up and shouting. Yeah. And even, doesn't Isaiah prophesy about Jesus? He won't stand on the street corner and shout. Mm. I, he does. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm like I don't know. Can't pull the reference out. Pull the reference out. But he's like, I, he won't cry out. Yeah. And so I was looking through his teachings and thinking about, you know, we use the table flipping scenario. He was coming against the religious people, yeah. people that were using religion to justify yeah. injustice. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So I'm not going to ever say we should never flip any tables of any sort of way. But, like, this guy asks all these, like, good reflection questions. Yeah, well, no, I was just thinking about how, like, when he did address the the Pharisees, and he'd be like, you're a bunch of whited sepulchers, pretty aggressively straightforward. It was always a conversation the Pharisees started. Mm. So he was having a face-to-face conversation. He wasn't on social media, which I know didn't exist. So then I'm thinking, okay, what public discourses do we have? Well, the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Incredibly, piercingly, convictingly, accurately never using manipulation, shame, or control to get people to change their behavior. Yeah. And I feel like those are the things we pick up on in the table flipping. Mm. I will, in your face, teach you that your righteousness isn't as good as mine. Yeah. It's in the table flipping. I wonder if some of the like allure of it for us is like, because it's such an overt power display. It is a power display. In 
And I wonder, right, we like it because it's like, man, if we're right, those people are, are, are coming in their own power. Well, I'm going to come, but mine's a righteous right. power dominance because Jesus is on my side so I can do it, right? Like, I think some of that, the relishing of the flipping tables is because we get to partner with power in a way that I don't think maybe Jesus is asking us to. Or that we do very well. Yeah. So I think you're right. That powering up to intimidate and control people Mm -hmm. and convince them. We want to convict people. Yeah. And it's not that our thoughts are not Jesus' thoughts. Yeah. Right? Our awareness of injustice is totally in line with God's sometimes. Yeah. But what we're going to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a really good point of we see injustice and it's like there's a struggle of, well, how do we fix this? How do we change it? How do we stand against it? Because we must. And because our human nature is like, well, we just dominate. We dominate and force people to change. Yeah. And in any way possible. In any way possible. <laughs> and the conviction only truly comes through the work of the Spirit. Yeah. It's not our job to convict people. So yeah. I got thinking about Moses, mm. meekest man who ever lived according to himself. <laughs> or yeah. whoever wrote or those like, words. Hey, I don't know. But you know, he showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. There's no question that he ranks in history as an outstanding leader who listened to God. And he dealt with injustice incorrectly Mm, when mm -hmm. he killed the Egyptian who was beating the slave, right? He rose up in his own power and said, injustice, and he kills the Egyptian. Yeah. And then he runs for his life. Mm. Fascinating to me there because he was actually trying to live into his calling, which was set his people free. Yeah. But he did it in an immature way on his own strength. Mm. And it actually disqualified him from being present there for the time. Yeah. And then he had to go in the wilderness and get trained and disciplined. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we see a flash of it again later. Yeah. When he gets the Ten Commandments, he's up on the mountain for Pete's sake. That passage blows my mind. He is having dinner I, with no, God. Right? And the people are like, make some golden calves for us so we can be like, thank you for saving us. Yes. Like, I'm like, how stupid are you people? But you imagine I mean, we how do it ourselves all the time. humbled you'd be sitting in the presence oh, of Almighty yes. God having a dinner. Like, you would know who you are and who you're not. You'd have a really good yeah. perspective on that. And he comes down saturated in all that glory to see these stupid people God gave him. And Aaron not helping the situation at all. He just threw some jewelry into a fire and a calf came out. So clearly that's that was who we're can supposed we to worship. just acknowledge a grown man said that? Yeah. And Moses, was he incorrect in being distressed over the idol? He's completely right, just. But then he smashes the tablets. Yeah. So there we go. And we see it again when the people are grumbling and complaining about, God's left us here to die. We need water. And And God God gives him strategy. Yep. Speak to the rock. And Moses has a temper tantrum. And he just hits the rock. Yeah. And so I just, when I started thinking through this, I felt like a profound level of conviction Hmm. that we can be people who know God's heart, spend time with God. And in our frustration Hmm. with broken humanity, we can partner with something evil Mm -hmm. because control and manipulation and shame are evil. Yeah. And when we do that, we sin. Yeah. Don't just call it sin. Mm -hmm. Moses got consequences for this and they were pretty steep i can't stand the one where he never gets in the promised land i know just because he hit a rock i know i would have been mad at those people too yeah and it's okay then to allow that to just bring us to a place of different humility Mm. yeah there's injustice and we are called to partner with jesus to set the oppressed free Mm -hmm. to break off chains we are called to this but if we're looking for license to flip tables 
we are coming at it from the wrong direction. Yeah, we're missing, we're missing the point. And when you think about Jesus himself, have you gone away from the crowd and spent time alone in the garden, mm. just communion with your father? Is your heart that pure? Yeah. Before you go about... As opposed to us having reactionary things. Because I read stuff on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> or like, this is so wrong. Ah! Right? And I am now righteous because I know God doesn't think this is okay. Yeah. And he doesn't. No. Yeah. But our hearts aren't so pure. Yeah. So we really have to... I think my end of the day conclusion from listening to this guy is, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I'm called to things that are more bold than I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That's not my go-to. But I have seen the switch flip. Yeah. <laughs> Where I've had enough of these people you gave me. And there's only one way I could possibly dream of having a pure heart in all of that. I'm going to have to really humble myself before God a lot mm-hmm. and be the reluctant prophet. Yeah. What I really, what I, I was preparing, looking at this passage as I was preparing for one of our services, and what I noticed that I hadn't noticed before is the account in Matthew, I think, 21. It's, you know, says Jesus clears it out, says, you know, you've made my uh, house a den of robbers, not a house of prayer. And then it says, then the blind and lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Uh. Then the children were singing their praises and the chief priests got all uppity and like, do you hear what they're saying? They're praising you. And Jesus kind of gives a remark like uh, from Psalms. It's like, yeah, out of the mouths of babes, basically. But it was like something to me that I've not connected where it's like Jesus cleared that space out. And then what happened? Hmm. The blind and lame and children came to him. Yeah. Right. And so it's like as the flipping tables, it's like, what are we, there's another component. It's like, okay, is this a time to flip tables or is this time, whatever. It's like, what, what are we creating space for in the aftermath? Oh, this is such a good question. What are we creating space for? Cause that's really what he was doing. He mm-hmm. was creating space in the, in the courtyard of the, te- of the Gentiles, which was the only place that foreigners and outcasts could come mm-hmm. into the temple area. That's where all the money changers are. He cleared that out so that people that needed an encounter with him, could find him. Wow. Which changes the whole story from Jesus got angry, I get to be angry, to Jesus rose up because he saw that people were getting squeezed out of things, created space for them to encounter him, and they did. That's really powerful. Right? Huge. Because what is, we want to flip tables. And I know that feeling, Amy. I just so get it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These people are wrong and they are doing something wrong and I want to fix it. Mm -hmm. So what? But what what is the after that? Yeah. So what? Yeah. Because there's, Jesus had a purpose. It wasn't just for him to let off steam at the injustice. He was not just letting off steam at all. Oh, making space. I love that picture. Mm -hmm. And when you go back to your original question, how do we know our righteousness isn't self-righteousness? How do we know mm. what is our motivator? Oh, well, you talked about how it, it's all laying down your life. It's all humbling yourself. Mm. It's all washing the feet. Yeah. And I think the, one of the part of the answer for that question for me is how do I know when I'm not being self-righteous? It's because I want to serve. Mm. Yeah, that that's the prime motivator, not yeah. I want to fix this. Yes, because honestly, fix it is something I recognize in me frequently. I just want to fix this. I I know it's wrong. I recognize how the wrongness is harming people, but I'm way more about the fixing Mm. than the serving and laying down my life. Yeah. For me, it's like the angsty feeling. There's like an angsty feeling of fixing. Kind of like, oh, something's, I got to do something. This is a rah, rah, rah. Whereas like serving is not that angsty feeling. And it's going to cost me. 
Yeah. Motivated by love. It's one thing to just yell on social media, you know, this is wrong, and it might be wrong. Yeah. Or come into a group of people and in person go off on all the things that need fixing. And we're going to sit around and self-righteously talk about what's wrong with the world. Yeah. Or what action steps is Jesus calling me to that's going to correct this Mm -hmm. injustice in my sphere of influence? Yeah. And it will cost me. If it's motivated by love, it Mm -hmm. will cost me. And it could involve direct conversations and it could involve uncomfortable conversations. But it's going to be motivated by laying down my life, Mm. not the power surge of flipping the table. So what do we want our listeners to go away with? Be curious. I don't know. Right? Like yeah. so much of stuff starts with curiosity about what am I feeling? Why am I doing the things I'm doing? What's going on inside my soul? Yeah. That's a really good place to start when it's like, I want to flip some tables. Yeah. When we get that feeling of like, okay, take a pause and look a little closer then. Jesus yeah. flipped tables. So now I get to do it too. Yeah. And I think for me, it's also an important like humble myself and repent. Mm, yeah. like, search my heart, God, because I, I know that my heart desires something you desire, but I don't think it's pure. Mm. And so fear that yeah. no one else is fixing it, control that I must fix it, the desire to convict people, which is only the work of the spirit. Like, There's a lot of kind of things that I can break agreement with mm-hmm. and, and just ask Jesus, what do you have for me instead? I was processing something like this the other day, which is so fascinating because I didn't connect it to flipping the tables at all. But I knew I was right, and mm-hmm. the other person was wrong. And I could argue that on this podcast, and I think you all agree with me, not just because you're such fans, but yeah. because we understand what's right and wrong and how we treat each other. And I recognized that bitterness had kind of settled mm-hmm. into the, nobody, this is not getting fixed, and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I broke agreement with bitterness, and I asked Jesus what he had for me instead, and I was fascinated because I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. He said gentleness. And that word settled over me again and again when mm-hmm. I recognized it's like, but it's wrong. But what does gentleness look like? And gentleness isn't wimpy. It's restrained strength. Yeah. Restrained strength. So I would say that repentance, like an honest God search my heart Mm -hmm. before I do anything about this is a good idea. Break agreement with anything. And then what? Mm -hmm. Then I think it's like, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Action steps. Yeah. They can be simple. They can be pretty big. I've seen Mm -hmm. people being called into pretty big steps of... Mm-hmm. social justice. And then you got to continue to walk in a pure heart. Mm-hmm. So we bless our listeners. We hope this has been kind of a helpful rumble. Yeah. And we bless you as you seek to know how to partner with God in bringing his mercy and truth to the world around you. We bless you as you head further up and further in. Mm-hmm.